Hey, my name is Clayton, uh, pastor here at Central, and I'm excited uh, to be able to, to bring you today's message. If you want to follow along, use your phone, scan that QR code that's right up on the screen. You can do it all the way from, from back where you're, you're sitting, and you can follow along with today's message. You can get all the, the notes, and you can even get them pre-filled in, so you can take a nap if you want to, okay? So uh, don't recommend that, but uh, yeah, you can do that. Well, hey, so 17 years ago, I... Uh, got to celebrate my one-year anniversary with my wife, Holly, and we were super, super poor. I mean, we were college students, and we are waiting tables, and we're just trying to, like, get through, you know, every single day on a tight budget that did not have very much. But we want to do something special for our one-year anniversary. So we saved all summer to be able to go out to eat at a really nice restaurant. And so we were down in College Station, and there's this little restaurant. I don't even know if it's still around anymore, but it's called Christopher's. And it was a little house. They'd been converted into this really swanky, nice restaurant, um, had like a chef and all that kind of stuff. And so we made reservations, and on our anniversary, we went and we were just going to splurge. You know, we were just going to just go all out and uh, just celebrate our first um, year of marriage. And man, it was, it was nice. Like, it was so nice that we were having a hard time, you know, deciding on what we're going to get because like we can't we can't afford this like this is like a month's rent I mean we can't do this you know what I'm saying like this is not responsible but we know what we went for it anyways my wife got like Kobe beef and got something that was it was amazing and I got a fillet of shark okay have you ever had shark really good okay like it, was, it was awesome it was unbelievable never had it since but it was crazy and we loved it and we loved it. We spent a lot of money, but you know what? We were celebrating something. And I was thinking about this. Like, it's not something you would do on a normal every week, right? You wouldn't do that. Hey, let's, let's go celebrate and spend all this money um, when there's nothing really to, to celebrate. We do, we eat, and we go out to eat, and we do it like a, like a celebration sometimes, don't we? It's a, for special occasions we go out. And I was wondering about why, why is it that eating becomes a celebratory thing, you know? Why is it that we go and we do that when we're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary or a promotion or retirement um, or something special happening in someone's life? We say, hey, let's go out to eat and let's celebrate, right? We love to eat. You know, in the Bible, Jesus loved to eat as well. Um, he loved to spend time with people having meals for special occasions and for special purposes. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, there's 10 times that Jesus is recorded to be at a meal with other people. For example, Luke chapter 5, he ate with tax collectors and sinners. In Luke chapter 7, 11, and 14, he ate at, uh, at a Pharisee's house. In Luke chapter 9, he fed 5,000 people. In Luke chapter 10, he ate at his friend's house, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In Luke 19... He invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. Anybody ever been, ever like in, been invited over to your house by themselves? Like, like you didn't invite them, they just showed up you know, for a meal. You've done that before. Well, Jesus did that, so it's biblical, so go for it, okay? So Luke chapter 22, he ate the Passover meal with his disciples. And then he is crucified. Three days later, he raises from the grave. In Luke chapter 24, we, we see him having a resurrection dinner um, in Emmaus with a couple of the disciples. And then finally, at the very end of Luke chapter 24, he shows up and appears with his disciples in a room and says, hey, I'm really here and I'm hungry. Let's get some fish and let's eat and let's celebrate. And every time that Jesus was having a meal with, with people, he was teaching them biblical truths. 
And that's what I want to do today is, is take a moment and kind of have a meal with you guys. So y'all good with that? Can we have a meal together? Anybody hungry? Okay, I'm going to make y'all really hungry because the food's going to be up here. But I'd like to have a meal with you guys right here because Thanksgiving's coming up, isn't it? Anybody got plans for Thanksgiving? Okay, got, got some stuff you're going to do? Okay, I love Thanksgiving because it reminds me of my grandparents' house when I was growing up. They actually lived across the alley from us, just right behind us. And so growing up, I had two homes, guys, which means I had two kitchens, okay? Which I had two refrigerators. More than that, actually, my parents and grandparents had a couple refrigerators. It was awesome. I just ate all the time and go over there to my Mimi's house and get all the food I wanted. It was fabulous. Well, for Thanksgiving, we always go over to my, my grandparents' house. And I always remember, you can probably remember growing up and what Thanksgiving was like. You had the turkey, right? And the turkey is just, just always important. And my, my grandmother, she, would, she was a worrier. That was like a, her spiritual gift was worrying, okay? And so she would always worry about, is it going to turn out right? I mean, you know, is everything going to be perfect? And so she was running around all day. And even while we were all eating, she would never sit down because she was always running around making sure everything was, was taken care of. Anybody like that? Okay, some of you guys are probably just like that or know someone who is like that. Well, that's what she would do. And she would make a, a turkey and it'd be fabulous. And then I always remember the cranberry sauce. And I'm not talking about cranberry sauce that you, you know, get out of the can and mix up. I'm talking about just straight out of the can and you, you slice it. You know what I'm saying? That is, that's the way you do cranberry sauce. I don't care what you say. That's the biblical way to do cranberry sauce, okay? <laughs> but then my, my, my grand, grandma would always make these rolls, and we called them three hump rolls because they were made out of like three different like pieces of bread that were put in the little canister together, and then they would they would uh, they would expand and, and be cooked, and they were just it was just they were warm, and you could put butter all over them and just kind of spread them apart. Man, I'm getting hungry. My parents probably watching online right now, and they're like, yes, yes, three hump rolls. We're doing that for Thanksgiving this year. But the best thing about Thanksgiving is what dessert, right? Dessert. I mean, dessert, you cannot beat Thanksgiving without a, a pie. And so that's what we're going to do today. i got a pie right up here, guys. And we're going to have a little bit of a Thanksgiving meal. And what we're going to do is we're going to use this pie right up here. This is, this is a pumpkin pie. Guys, okay, I just want to let you all know, pumpkin pie is the pie for Thanksgiving. I don't care what you, th what you say, okay? Uh, pumpkin pie is the pie for Thanksgiving. And we're going to use this pie as an illustration of something that we find in God's word. And this it's going to illustrate the things that we have in this life. It's going to represent your life and the resources you have. So let's look at God's word, a couple different places. We're going to be going all over the place. So, man, if you've, if you've got your phone app out there, we're going to be going real fast. Get your Bible. Um, good luck. And uh, you can watch it on the screen as well. But Malachi chapter 3, let's jump in real quick. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. Here's what the Bible says. We, took, we looked at it last week. It says this. I, the Lord, do not change. So you then, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. So he's saying, hey, guys, I'm, I'm never changing. God's saying, I'm, I'm never changing, but you guys are, are missing the mark. And he says this, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? And God's response is, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you, you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God gives his answer to this hypothetical question. He says, in your tithes and your offerings. What God is saying right here is that he owns it all. Like he owns all of it. Everything that you have in this life, God has 
God has created. Everything that you worked hard for, God has provided for you. Every degree that you have, every job that you have, every, every amount of dollar that goes into your bank account, God owns all of it. And he's working in you and he's working through you. And here's something really unique and beautiful about God and his relationship with us is this, that he, he owns it all, but he, he gives us the chance to make our own choices of how we're going to slice it, right? He owns everything, but we get to choose how we're going to slice it. And so here's our first slices, okay? So these first slices I'm going to make here in this pie represent our expenses. So let's just get real practical here for a second. So we've got, we've got some expenses, right? And I'm going to kind of chop this pie up here just a little bit. And, you know, one of the biggest expenses that we have is housing, right? It's our, it's our home. In fact, statistics say that it is between a quarter to a third or sometimes even a half of everything that we bring in goes to our housing. So, man, this is a big, this is the kind of pie that I want, okay? So if I'm in anybody's house and they're making me some pie, I'll take this piece, okay? Like, this is a good piece, okay? This is, this is a lot of pie right there. It doesn't even fit on the plate. But that represents our, our housing, okay? It doesn't matter what you have coming in. You've got to, to pay for your housing. And some of you guys own your home. Some of you don't own your home yet. But it doesn't matter. We have taxes, all that kind of stuff, all the upkeep, all the things that go into our house it's very expensive. It takes up a lot of our resources. Ben, but then we've got some other, re, other things, that, other expenses we have. We have things like our transportation, you know? For some of us, it may be a lot. Maybe some of us may be a little, but, but we got to get around. I mean, we live in this culture that's we got to get places, and, and so we got, we got cars. we got multiple cars. Um, a lot of us have, have uh, loans or leases out on cars, and gas is expensive, and, and upkeep is expensive. And so that's a, that's a chunk, and so that's just something that we have to all live with and figure out. But then we got some things like, like clothing, you know, the basic necessities. We've got clothing, and, uh, you know, especially you have kids. Man, it's crazy. They're always growing up fast, and you're going, oh, my goodness. And so you're trying to figure out, trying to borrow from people and come up with a plan. Like, hey, I'm going to give you some of their clothes if you'll give me some of, their, of your older kids' clothes, you know, that kind of thing. So you come up with this plan, but then you know what? It doesn't end there because, because then you've got some other things. you got your bills. you got your insurance. you got all these other things that, that come up in life. And these are just, these are basics, right? These are basics that I don't, I don't care who you are, you can't get away from, from these things. And one of the biggest things that we spend our money on, and a lot of us don't even realize it, is food. We love food. I was, I was reading an article saying that this Thanksgiving, it's going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving ever, based on inflation, all the stuff that's going on in our economy. And so, man, Thanksgiving is going to be expensive. But, man, sometimes, man, that's a good piece as well, okay? Um, but sometimes we have uh, a, a big budget for our food. Maybe it's the groceries we get, but a lot of times it's, the amount of, amount of times we eat out. How many of you guys love to eat out? Okay. Man, I love to go and get a meal. Man, we, we, we do that, okay? These all represent the things that we need. But also within that is things that we, we want. There's some things that we want. Like how many of you guys have ever taken your kids to the grocery store? Everybody, everybody's taking their kids to the grocery store. You know how it is. I mean, they're going crazy, and the longer it takes, um, they're, they're, they're all fussy, and you try to put them in the cart, and that doesn't work. And as you're going down the aisle, you got to get in the middle of the aisle, you know? Because if you get to the side, what do they do? They start grabbing stuff, okay? So you got to like, keep your hands in, okay? And so you're down the middle of the aisle, and you're trying not to, to, trying to go as fast as you can. You don't want them to grab things. And then you get to the checkout line, 
And something happens almost every time you're at the checkout line. People at grocery stores and grocery store, you know, owners, they know what they're doing. What is at the grocery, what is at the checkout area? Candy, right? And it's not way up high. Where is it? It's down low. Like they do that on purpose. They know what they're doing because they know that kids are going to be fussy and they're going to be ready to go home. And they have been have been told no several times. And now the candy is at eye level and they can go and grab that and say, Mom, can I have this? And what do we do? Fine, I don't care. Right? Just put it in there and shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how it is. Okay? And so we're trying not to, to get arrested in the grocery store. And that's what we do when we're going um, at the grocery store with, with our kids. One of the smartest things that we can do as Christians is to know where our money's going. A lot of times we go to the grocery store and we say we have $20 to spend or whatever, and we leave spending $35, don't we? You know? Because we don't have a plan. We don't know where our money is going. We don't have a budget. And this is something you can do for your family. As a Christ follower, we have a lot of things that God calls us to do. And one of the things he calls us to do is to be a blessing to our families. And that's what Christ followers can do. If you're taking notes today, you can write this down. Followers of Jesus, they give to their family. Followers of Jesus give to the family. And you can do this by having a budget. But a lot of times we don't. We don't have a budget. We don't really know. We kind of have an idea where our money goes, but we're not really watching it very closely. And sometimes our spending can get out of control. And when our spending gets out of control, we have to go to other places to try to supplement all of that spending. Like, for example, Noah, you're on, where's, where's that whipped cream, bro? All right, man, th- toss that to me. Thank you. Okay, so, Noah, I appreciate you letting me use some of this whipped cream. How many guys like whipped cream on your, on your pie? Okay. Everybody else, y'all can go ahead and go. Okay, all right, so whipped cream is the best on, on pie. I love whipped cream on pumpkin pie. And I used didn't, I didn't do, when I was growing up, I didn't do the, the can, I used the tub, you know? Like the tub whipped cream, you get the big spoon, you know? You get the big spoon, you're just like, bloop, and poof, right? And then do that about three or four times. It had to be like three times the, the height of the, of the pie, and that was what I wanted, like, like this, okay? So, I mean, you go and you gotta get the, the pumpkin pie and put the whipped cream. That's a good looking pie, okay? All right, so, man, whew, I need a fork. Man, someone give me a fork. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but man, I, I love uh, pumpkin pie like that with all of that beautiful whipped cream. But what that represents is when you have these resources that you have, you have all of these needs that you have, but you know what, you want more. Like you want more and you don't have that you don't have that up here at this table, and so you go and get it from somewhere else. You know what it's called? Debt. Debt. That's, all it's, that's what it's called. It's debt. Whipped cream can be a, a great example of, of debt. And here's what the Bible has to say about debt. Proverbs 13, 11 says that dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And honestly, that's what, that's what debt is. It's dishonest money. It's not ours, and we go and get it because here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reason we go into debt, whatever it might be, the reason we do that is because we're unsatisfied, and we want more. We're unsatisfied. We're not content. 
But having a budget means that we have contentment. Look what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. This is a famous passage, and you guys will know the last verse, but look at verse 12. The Bible says, I know what it, it is to be in need, this is Paul talking, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. What, what Paul is saying is like, hey, there have been years where I had a pie that was really, really big. It was like Sam's quality pie, you know, like huge pie. I know what it, what it means to have a lot, but also know what it means to have an entire year where this is it. And you got to try to make it work. And this was Paul's, Paul's life. And he's saying, I've, I've realized all that, but here's the deal. I've realized how to be content with whatever I have, with whatever God gives me. And really, when you think about it, what debt is, it's a lack of trust in God in providing for you. And what we kind of say when we go into debt is we're, we're telling God that, God, you really don't know how to take care of me. You know, God, you made a mistake. I should have these other things. I should have a car like that. I should have a house like that. I should have um, all these things that I, I'm, not, I'm not budgeting for. I should have all those things because you messed up somewhere along the line. And so I'm going to fix it myself. And the way I'm going to fix it is I'm going to go to Noah and say, Noah, can I have some whipped cream, right? Now, I can't give this whipped cream back. I can't just say, hey, I'm going to borrow it for a second. I'll give it back to you. Like, do you want this back? No, okay. I can't put it back in the can. Like, it's used up, and it's actually starting to look kind of gross, which is another thing about debt. But whatever, okay. So, man... What a great example of debt. Then we, 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 we become unsatisfied with what God has given us. And we want to pile it on. We want, we want more. And what Paul is saying is you got to learn how to be content. you got to learn how to be content with what God has given you. So that's what we got to do. we got to stay out of debt. If you're in debt, try to get out as fast as you can and get on a budget. That's how you can, can bless your family. That's how you can give to your family. You're saying, guys, we have a plan. There's a purpose for every dollar that we spend. But here's the deal. Even though those were a lot of slices, there's still more to the pie. And there are people who still want a piece of your pie, you know? There's still people at the table. And this next slice is, will represent um, your future self, okay? Or maybe your, your family's future. And so you take a pretty good chunk here. And if you're doing well and you got your, your budget going and then you're at the end, you're like, you know what? We got a little bit of money and we can, we, can, we can invest in our future. And that's what followers of Jesus do. They, they give to their future. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says this. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It says, hey, you guys that are sitting on the couch not doing anything, listen to the ant. Look at the ant. It has no commander. It has no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. It says, the Bible, the Bible says, hey, ants don't have God's word. Ants don't have a finance degree. They don't know how to make a budget. And yet, here's what they do. They store their provisions in summer and gather their food at the harvest. The reason ants store in the summer is because they know that winter is coming. They know every year a winter is coming, and they got to store up to be prepared for that. Like, so in, in, in biblical times, winter was a big deal. It was a big deal, way more than it is for, for today. 
Like a lot of us, most of us probably on salary, okay? And so what you make in December is going to be probably the same that you make in July. It just all spread out um, over time. But back then, it wasn't like that at all because winter, it was cold. In the winter, it, the, the sun went down earlier, so you didn't have as much time to work. In the winter, nothing was growing. And so what, what did you do? How did you get by? We got by by hard work during the growing season. And you saved up some of that when there was the harvest. And for us, winter is coming. Maybe you guys have gone through different winters in your life, and you know what it means to have a little bit set aside, a little bit set back to be able to get you through during those times. Maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe your income goes down. Maybe expenses just go through the roof, and there's a surgery, and there's these medical bills, and things you weren't prepared for. But you know what? There is one winter that we all can't get away, and it's the time when you, know, you just can't work like you used to. You know, what's that called? Retirement, okay? Eventually, if, we, if God lets us live that long, there'll become a day we're like, I can't do this anymore, guys. I can't do this. Like, I can't get up on stage. We're gonna have to get a ramp over here, okay? I can't do this anymore. There has to be a time for retirement. And the question is, are you ready for that? The question is, are you, are you giving to your future self and saving and investing so that you can retire someday? Are you doing that? For all you young people over here, man, if you did that right now, crazy. Crazy. If you, if, I was looking it up. If you, if you put $500, I know it's a lot. Let's say you put $500 a month in retirement when you're in your 30s, okay? Let's say you're, you're 30 years old, and you put $500 a month in retirement, that's $6,000 for the entire year. You're like, man, that's $6,000. I could have done a lot of things with $6,000 this year. But you know, if you put that in a mutual fund, a good growth, growth, growing mutual fund, if you did that, when you retired, you know how much that money would be worth? $60,000, okay? So $6,000, if you invested at 30 years old, when you retire, it'd be worth $60,000. Are you willing to, to sacrifice that for your future self? But not only does the Bible say that we're supposed to do that, I mean, it's just practical stuff. But the Bible says this also in Proverbs 13, 22. It says this, a good person leaves an inheritance for who? Their children and their grandkids and their great-grandkids for their children's children. I mean, how awesome is that? We are sitting in a room and we have an opportunity. You have an opportunity within your family to change your family tree where you take some of the, the resources that God has given you and say, you know what, I'm not even just going to bless my future self, but I'm going to bless my kid's future and my grandkid's future. So the question is, do you have a plan? Do you have a plan for that? Here's the deal, guys. Winter is coming. And maybe retirement, and maybe, maybe some unexpected illness. But when those times come, will you be prepared? Because when you're not prepared, man, it's hard there's difficulty, there's lots of pain. And guys, God doesn't want that for you. That's not God's plan for you. And so his word says this, follow the ant. Look at the ant and be wise like the ant and save. So we got this pie right here, right? I mean, we got, we got lots of different pieces uh, that represent our everyday expenses. Uh, we got debt that's just looking nasty right now. Um, we've got, we've got our, our future, future savings right here. But... But we're not done yet. Sometimes there's, there's not much left in that, in that pie tin. Um, and it's really because we've served the wrong people in the wrong order. Because there's still someone sitting at this table. And he's got a fork, and he's got a knife, 
and his name is God. You know what? He's saying, I own the fork and the knife and the table, and I own the pie, okay? I own it all, and he's asking, where's my slice? And the reality is, if you, if you come up here, you probably can't see this, there's nothing left in this pie, okay? So what are we supposed to do when there's nothing left? Well, here's what Malachi 3, 7 says. God says, return to me, and I will return to you. And that's what followers of Jesus are called to do. We're called not, not to give to God, but to return what's been given to us. That's what we're called to do. We don't give anything to God. We return a little bit to God. So here's how this works. And maybe this is something you've got to do in your life, is you've got to take, I'm going to leave that there. You take, you take some of this pie. You know what? I'm, I'm going to put it back. You know what? I, I've been doing this the wrong way. I need to put some of this, this back right here. So I'm going to take, oh, I don't even know what this was for. This is our food, right? Okay, so I'm going to take this back. This is my investing right here. Man, I got to throw this back in here. Okay, so, ooh, man, that's close. Okay. Ooh, that's disgusting. All right, so, so I'm, I'm going to put the pie back. I'm, I'm going I'm to get it, get it back how it is, and I'm going to say, you know what? God, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to do this the way that, that you've called me to do, and I'm going to give you the first slice. So we go, you know what, God? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recut this up a little bit. I'm going to take that one that was just way out of control, the spending I had that was way out of control, these cars that I can't afford. I mean, I have no plan. We just go out to eat. We spend like $800 a month on, on going out to eat or whatever. We don't even know. Like, we're putting it on a credit card anyways, so it doesn't really matter. And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to change that. I'm going to get on a budget. I'm going to say, God, here you go. Sitting at the head of the table, that's your piece first. As believers in Christ, that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we worship God instead of worshiping money. That's what the Bible says. That's how we give him just a little bit back. Because here's the deal. He owns it all, right? It's all his. 100% is his. And he says, you know what? Just give me a little bit back. If you'll just give me a little bit back, this little piece right here, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to bless all of this stuff. You know what? He even, he even says, you know what? I, I'll expand it. I'll, I'll give you contentment. I'm going to take all this debt. That's disgusting. Ugh, okay, I'm going to take that out. And I'm going I'm to give you back even more. And, and you're, you're going to be provided for like you've never been provided for ever in, in, in life. And God says, that's what I'll do for you if you will give to me first. That's what tithing is. It's returning to God first what he has given you. The Bible says this really clearly in Proverbs 3, 9 and through 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Did y'all get that? It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, okay, with the, the, the resources you get. We already realized the wealth is all of God's anyways. And he says with the first fruits, okay, we can talk about that. You've probably done Bible studies about what that, what that means. But this is, what he's saying is, honor your God with the first slice, okay? Honor him with the first slice. Okay, when you go out to eat, what is the best part of your meal? What can be the best part? I, I, for me, it's, my, it's dessert. I love dessert, okay? I love dessert. I think we should change it up. I think you should go and get dessert first when you go out to eat today, okay? Because here's what happens. Here's, here's a great illustration of how we, we, we do finances in life. We go and sit down at the restaurant, and the waiter comes and says, would you guys like to start off with a, an appetizer, okay? 
You're like, well, sure, of course I do, okay? And so, hey, let's get two appetizers. So you get the appetizers, you go and you, they, they come, and you, you order your food, and you're eating the appetizer. When your real plate gets here, your real meal gets here, you're already full, aren't you? Sometimes you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And you're like, well, it's in front of me, and the American way is to finish it off, so i got to finish this off. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish eating all this off. The, the waiter comes and takes everything away, and they say, would you like some dessert? And what do we say? Oh, no, I'm stuffed. I couldn't eat anymore. You know, that, that's, that's what happens. And that's exactly what we do when it comes to giving back to God, is we, we eat the rest of the pie, and then we're too stuffed at the end. We have nothing left to give. And God says, give me the first fruits. Give me the first fruits, and I will bless you. So here's what we should do. Here's some things that God is teaching us today, I think. If you write notes, you can write this down. Be smart and work your plan. Just be smart. Work your plan. What I mean by that is have wisdom and work hard. When it comes to your finances, have wisdom and work hard. Here's what Proverbs 13, 7 says. It says that one person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing and another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. You ever know anybody like that in life that, that pretends like they have a lot? But man, they, they, are, they, are, they have nothing really. Because all, they're all leveraged out and all the, all the things they have, like the bank owns, you know? Someone else owns. That's what a debtor does. A debtor pretends to be rich, but they're broke. But a smart saver. The Bible says someone who pretends to be poor. A smart saver is someone who pretends to be poor, yet they have great wealth. Here's what this really is. It's the unsatisfied versus the content. And so an unsatisfied person says, you know what, I gotta have more and more and more to try to satisfy this thing that's going on in my heart. And someone that is, that is smart and has wisdom with their finances says, you know, I'm gonna be content with what I have. I'm gonna save, I'm gonna invest in God's kingdom. And they look like they're poor, but they have incredible wealth. Proverbs 6, 1 through 5, here's what it says. Not only are we supposed to be smart, but look what it says to do. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So like if, if you've gone into debt, if, if you had no plan, and you're like, you know what? That credit card is it's got, great, got great points, you know? Man, I can get some good points, you know. I can spend all this money, all that kind of stuff. That's what he's saying here. He's saying if you've taken out that credit card, you shouldn't have taken out of, here's the deal. You've been ensnared. You've been trapped. Verse 3 says this. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. What it's saying here is to work a plan hard. You got to dig yourself out of that. It takes hard work. The Bible also says don't wait. Proverbs 6, 9 through 11 says, How long will you lie there, you sluggard? <laughs> Weird word. When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. The Bible says, don't wait. Work hard and don't put it off. Because, guys, I am an expert at putting things off, okay? It's, just, it's one of my spiritual gifts as well, okay? Um, I, I've, got, I've got that, okay? Like, like the other day, I think it was Friday night, 
Holly's, uh, we're about to go to bed, and Holly's like, ah, oh, I've got to do the dishes. How many of you guys like to do the dishes and have everything clean before you go to bed? Anybody? Okay. Just my family. Okay. So, so man, we're like, hey, uh, Holly's like, i got to do this. And I said, no, 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 no. I'll do them in the morning. Just come to bed. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm, I, I just, like, I love to put things off. Like, it's going to be fine. Those dishes are going to be there in the morning. You know, have you ever said that? Well, yesterday night, <laughs> the dishes are still there right? Because I got up in the morning and that other things I had to do, you know, I was too busy. I was doing other things. And Corbin and I went and worked out. We had all this other stuff we were, we were, we were doing. I'm watching football games. which is a huge priority on Saturday. And Saturday night rolls around and the dishes are still sitting there. Don't wait. Don't put off. If, you're, if your finances are backwards and messed up, don't wait. Get a plan and work that plan. But I'll end with this. God has, has something more for you than just having a budget and managing money. I mean, that's important. Those are good principles to have, especially as Christ followers. We're supposed to be responsible for the resources and steward those things well. But he has, he has more for you than just that. Because he wants you to do this. He wants you to join him. And here's what I, here's how I called it. Join the King of Kings. And the reason I, I wrote that is because there's a lot of things that we can be a part of, Right? There's a lot of things that we can join. There's a lot of clubs that we can join, a lot of teams, um, a lot of nonprofits and uh, philanthropic organizations that we can, we can be a part of. And those things are great. And those things we can invest in and those, those things are great. But God is saying, hey, invest in me. If you're a betting person, bet, in, bet on God. Put your money down on God. God's saying, I've got this. Look, look for, for example, Isaiah 43, verse 19. Here's what God says. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And he describes what it's going to be. He said, I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. He's saying, I can do more than any of those other things can do combined. If you're going to put your money on anything, put it on me. If you're going to invest your money in anything, invest it in God's kingdom. Join the king of kings. How can you do that? 2 Corinthians 9-7 says this, my last verse. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. God, God's not forcing you to do anything. It's up to you. Give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that's what I want to ask you to do. We've been talking about this, about being stuffed and being blessed by God. And the question is, over the last several weeks, is what are we doing with that? What are we doing with that blessing? And I want to ask everyone in this room, if you're a Christian in this room, if you're a church member here in this room, if you're a family watching online, I want, I want to ask you to make this commitment. We talked about it last week. And here's this commitment I'll put on the screen. You'll commit to give a tithe. 10% of your income to God as a tithe through Central. I want to ask you to make that commitment. I know the majority of you guys in here are doing that. But I know there's some people in this room that, man, you just, life's just been crazy, you know? And, and, and we've been trying to make this thing work, and I just don't have enough of my pie left to give to God. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to rearrange your budget. I want, to, I want you to ask God to bless you. I want you to, to trust in him. Because when we give him the last of our fruit, we're really not trusting him. God says, give me your first fruits. 
And you know what he also, also does? He, he, he tells us to test them, which is crazy. And we talked about it last week, Malachi chapter 3, God says, test me. It's the only place in scripture that he says, test me. He says, test me in giving. Test me in your tithes and offerings and, and see if I don't bless you like crazy. If I don't take the rest of that pie and just multiply it. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's, it's a way of worship. Here's the deal. Central, we're not, we're not, Central Baptist Church, we're not asking you for your money. We're asking you to be obedient to God. We want God to bless your family and take care of you. And one of the ways that you can do that is by giving to the church. If this is your church, give here. You know, if you're just visiting, don't give here. Go give at your, your local church, right? Wherever God has placed you, that's where God's calling you, to give to your local church. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end by, by putting God to the test, which is kind of crazy, kind of scary. We did this back in February. And I'm telling you, there, there, there's a lot of families that were extremely blessed by this. And so we did this last week as well. This will be the last time we get a chance to do that this year. But underneath your seat, there is this card. I want everybody to grab one of these cards that are right underneath um, your seat. Just go ahead and grab those right now. Um, even if you did this last week, I want you to take this out and, and take a look at it and pray over it. But underneath your seat, in the little metal rack, there is a, a card. There's a pin in the seat back in front of you. I want everybody to grab one of these, and I want you guys to look at this. Because here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you are a person here who, you know, like as a family, we just have not given yet to Central. We haven't given to a church in a while. I'm not sure about that. I want to challenge you to do that. And here's how much we believe in what God is doing. We're going to do a 90-day tithing challenge, and here's how it works. If, after, if you will commit to giving for 90 days... After 90 days, if you're not satisfied, the church will give you all of your money back during that 90 days. We believe so much that God will bless you that we're willing to, to, to put a guarantee on it. So this is a, an easy thing for you to do. Say, so you know what? I'm going to try it. 90 days, I haven't, I haven't never tied before. I'm going to try it. I'm a young person, never tied before. I'm a college student, never tied before. I'm, I'm going to try it. For the next 90 days... For the next three months, I'm going to tithe, and I'm going to see, and I'm going to ask God to bless me and see if he does. And, and on here, um, there's, there's a way that you can be a part of this. So on the back where all the writing is, there's two checkboxes. The first one says, you know what, I'd like to take that ch challenge. You can read all the fine print on there about um, tithing for the next 90 days. And you're saying, you know what, I want to start doing that this week. So I want you to do this. I want you to, to put an extra on here. Now, if you're a church member, you say, you know what, I'm already tithing, and I'm going to continue to do that over the next 90 days. I'm gonna, I'm, I believe God's been faithful. I'm going to continue to do that. He's called me to do that. I want you to, to go ahead and mark that second um, checkbox right there. And underneath that, there's some fine print. And really, all that really says is that you've got to start, do it for 90 days. You've got to tithe through our app or through our online giving or um, in, in the envelopes and put them in the, the boxes here at church so we can record that so we can know how much you, you give. You've got to wait till after the 90 days. Come to us. If you're not satisfied, you don't believe God's blessed you, we'll give all that money back that's recorded during these 90 days. It's not for all the money you've ever given to the church, okay? All right? So we can't do that. Uh, but just during these 90 days, you can see the, the fine print on that. you got 30 days after the 90 days is over to be able to do that. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you, I want to challenge you to make this commitment. A lot of you guys did this this last week. We've had, we've had several families this past week who have said, you know what, I'm going to take that challenge for the very first time. We haven't been giving. We've never given to the church. We're going to try it and see if God's blessed, blessed us. So I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge you to be a part of what God is doing here at Central. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. 
as we, as we close, as we think about the pie that God has given us and how we're slicing that pie. And after we pray, they're going to come up here. I think Rylan's going to come up, and we're going to sing a song. And I'm going to stay up here because I'm going to fill it out as well um, as, as my family's commitment saying, you know what, we're going to do the same thing as well. We're going to commit to doing this over the next 90 days. And here's the deal. I will never see any of these. I have no idea who gives at Central, and I don't want to know. I won't know. This is private between, between you and God. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Well, as we, as we, after we finish praying, I want you to fill this out. And as you leave, you can fold it up so no one can see it. And you can just put it in one of these little tubs that it's at every exit. If you're online, there should be a link on the, the chat um, or on the app um, with the notes. And you can click it and do it digitally as well. Um, after we pray, I want to ask you to, to do that. And as you leave, say, you know, God, I'm going to make this commitment. I'm going to do this. And let's see how much God blesses you and your family. Let's pray. Father, thank you for even silly illustrations like pie to help us to, to remember that you own everything. Everything that we've been given has been given by you. You own it all. So we see that you're a giving God and we want to be like you. You don't ask us to return it all. You'd ask us to return just a little portion of it at the beginning. Make that our priority. So God, I pray if our budgets are messed up and we're weird, we're backwards, and we just don't have any money left for you at the end of the month, I pray, God, that we as a family, we get together today and look at that and say, you know what, we need to, we need to do something different. We need to give God the first fruits and trust that he will bless us and take care of us. Give us contentment with what God has given us. Give us hard work to get out of debt. Give us hard work to make more money. We believe, God, that you'll do that. We trust you. And so I pray for those of us in this room who have never given before or haven't given in a long time and, and they believe that God is calling them to do that right now. I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would convict them and you would just, you'd help them to, to fill out that card and say, you know what, I'm a trust, I'm a trust in you, God. I don't have all the answers, but I'm a trust in you. I pray, God, you bless them like crazy. Over Thanksgiving, over, over Christmas time, into the new year, I pray you'd bless them, God, as they are faithful to you. God, you be faithful. You ask us to test you, and so we're doing that. And we believe that you'll show up. So help us to do that today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>